You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, this is Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. Alex Pashera. I'm Reg Thomas. Oh, all right, Reg himself. Perfect. My bad, guys. <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's what we wanted. That's what we wanted. Reg, Reg, a friend of the pod, friend of both me and Alex. New York City comedian, one of our good friends. Excited to have you on. So what movie did you want to talk about, Reg? Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. What? Such a surprise coming from you. <laughs> Why? I just didn't expect it, man. Uh, I, I, I don't know. First of all, it's our first like non-action movie that we're covering. I would say uh, it's the first movie that we've done that nobody dies. Let's put yeah, it nobody, <laughs> nobody's gonna die in Ferris Bueller. It's probably a pe- well, Sloan's father dies. Oh, that's well. Is her father or grand? Oh no, grandmother. grandmother. Yeah, 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 grandmother. Yeah, but we don't really. I don't think we really think that really happened. But it does put the plot in motion. True, 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 true. Um, and also, Reg, I don't know. I just don't think that this is uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Just doesn't seem like a black kid from Brooklyn's favorite movie. And you said it was your favorite movie, right? As a kid growing up, because like, because it's just about a kid who's having like the best day ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, I guess I wasn't really that focused on like, oh, he's black or white, not like that. It was just like this kid just yeah. took a day off from school and he's fucking having the time of his life. No, it's a right. fa- it's a fantasy. Like for all it of us, fan- for all of us, when you're like, when you're you know, thirteen years old, fifteen years old, sixteen year old, this is your fantasy of like what you think life could be, no matter where you come from. Like that's what I think that's what's so great about this movie is that. It, it holds up as something where, like, you can go back and be like, shit, man. That Absolutely. It would have been awesome to live that life. Don't you, like, do you guys ever remember, like, looking out the window in school and just seeing people walk around the street? She, like, that's yeah. like, it's mad fun. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know, like, they were probably just walking to work. You don't know what the fuck. They were probably not too happy about it. Yeah. So, but, like, this movie made it, made me think that everything outside of school was just way better. I think I skipped school one time and I think we went to, like, the diner. Like, we were, like, we did not do anything that cool. But there was one, I had a, I had a physics teacher that was, he was always like fighting with the administration, so he let me leave physics class one Why? time. Why is he fighting with the administration? He just they they were always coming down on him. Like they they asked him to cut his hair. He had like long hair, and so he decided to grow his hair down to his ass. So at a certain point, he was just like walking around the high school, and he literally he looked like at the time it was when the the Star Wars prequels came out. Yeah. So he looked like Liam Neeson in the Star Wars prequel, where he had the oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. all the way down to his ass. But he like one time let me. I said something about like some like sandwich place or something he goes why don't you bring us back some sandwiches from that place so i literally skipped out on class and went and got sandwiches and wait, wait, back wait, wait. that's not skipping out on class though. Right. he that's gave you permission yeah, but, but you can't leave school you weren't I, allowed to leave that's school. what skipping I've, classes yes i absolutely first of all peter you can leave school i did it a bunch of times a senior year i smoked weed in my car and just left a bunch of times yeah no but i'm saying like <laughs> if the if the principal finds out you get in trouble it doesn't oh, matter I got the teacher seri- i got i got seriously yeah. in a That's lot of saying. trouble yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was remember. not good Peter's but I like a rebel that lives by the rules yeah i know <laughs> i did this cuz an adult gave me permission right but um but yeah no you can never have i mean the i want to like in terms of the far Farfetchedness, what's the word? I don't know. Yeah, that sounds right. That's probably not a word, but whatever. The nature of this movie, it, it, it's, it's far fetched, but it's, it's like supposed to be. Like he has literally the whole city of Chicago at one point, like 
like he's on you know he has them all singing to him basically yeah, yeah, so yeah. like like it, it's not r- supposed to be realistic there's like save ferris on the water towers yeah, which yeah. is like almost like a fever dream kind right. of but you like, could you see know? it happening and actually I, I was no r- not not really though you know what i mean like but now that i'm an adult i'm like yo this white boy was running amok yeah <laughs> <laughs> someone needs to put a, someone we, needs to we, smack we, this kid i mean this could be called yeah yeah white privilege the movie uh if, if it were built this today. nigga took over a whole city parade <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> white male privilege. I think it's yeah. funny though that like he because when he calls the school and he's like calling the payphone, like he's friends with everybody so he wasn't like this was actually part of the fantasy too he wasn't like you know how like the jocks didn't get along with yeah. the nerds like Ferris like his friends with like his best friend is a geek his girlfriend is the hottest girl in school that's also why the movie isn't that good because like there's no real test for the hero in this movie well like, the, the test is Rooney the principal like that's, that's the bad guy like that's right. really I, I, I think that's one way to watch it I think another way to watch it is the test is how can we have Cameron have fucking fun because Cameron is about to fucking kill himself. If you yeah. really like watch this movie, he is so depressed. He's so rich. So Cameron is. These I mean, are like and like honestly, these are like the two types of white men that only exist nowadays. It's like, yeah. it's like a motherfucker who's like out here. He's like, no, nah, anything works my way. And then another guy who's like, I'm about to shoot. And everything. the Ferris types are dying off and a getting lot of sent anxiety. To prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cameron. Are definitely. the Ferris types dying? Well, they're, they're, I, I, what I mean by dying is we're, we're sending them to prison, yeah, right. <laughs> pretty much, or they're just being ostracized. Or, I mean, I don't, I don't really know too many people like Ferris. He's like the most charismatic dude in the fucking planet. It's, yeah, it's, see, it's, that's the thing Ferris has that a lot of guys don't have nowadays. Like he's charismatic. Like, he's yes, he's you want to like him, you well, root yeah. for him. So we we're, were already liking him. Well, yeah. we're thinking about it's like we don't we do want to talk about action movies here, but we don't only want to talk about action movies. And obviously, this is not an action movie. But you have you have the charismatic like hero that's a that's really smart and he's smarter than everybody else, right? Which is very much an action movie trope. You got a great villain in the principal Ed Rooney, yeah. And the whole movie is like, is this guy gonna pull this off? Which like you know you you change you change a couple of details and then that's how you got Die Hard. You know what I mean? Like it's a like some of the shit that he pulls off is insane. Mean. Like yeah. the restaurant scene where he oh uh, amazing Abe Froman, the yeah. sausage king Abe of Chicago. <laughs> And it's funny. This movie is truly... Oh, dude, it's hilarious. It's truly funny. We should talk about John Hughes, who wrote and directed uh, yes. this movie. John Hughes, like... This one is of, a John Hughes film? Yeah. Oh, my God, you didn't know that? This was his first, like, major, major yeah. release. Yeah, so, so John Hughes was... And this is this is my thing with comedy. Like, a lot of movies that are, like, comedies now, I don't find funny. I'd rather something that's, like, grounded in a story. Like, I was rewatching Ghostbusters the other day. Ghostbusters is fucking amazing. Because it's really a movie about these guys like hunting ghosts but like the comedy comes out of the truth of that scenario and this movie too it's like it's hilarious but it's the comedies out of like the characters and the scenarios right. it's not it's not fucking the hangover it's like oh there's a tiger in the bathroom like i don't like what's funny about that you know it's like nowadays a lot of comedy is like we're going to like abuse somebody physically we're going to shock <laughs> you we're going to show you a naked guy but it's like this comedy comes out of like Really like brilliant writing, and that's John Hughes. John Hughes is fucking amazing right. because this this is almost borderline. Uh, you know when they say in comedy the hardest crowd to make laugh is a room of children. Yeah, it's like yeah. you have no nudity, you have no real violence in this. Yeah, it's like we're gonna keep you for an hour and a half entertained. <coughs> yeah, no, there's he, no outrageous. Um, well, the Ferrari, I guess the Ferrari yeah. kind of. So and John Hughes was like a square guy. He was a I think he was in advertising <laughs> in Chicago and started writing short stories that he sold to National Lampoons. So I think one of his first stories turned into um, the movie Vacation. Oh. Um, 
And that I actually read that story, and the story is hilarious too. The story is like a lot darker and like more violent than the movie ended up being. But um, you know, so he wrote this movie, and he just was one of these guys who just he knew how to write teenagers. Like he knew how to like, but he because he wasn't like the teenagers are the heroes of all these movies. It's the adults that are the assholes, mm-hmm. and that's another thing I don't think you see anymore. Now it's like adults are like you like so worried about their kids and everything's like, oh, is my kid going to get bullied? Or Well, but I, hurt, I think in movies, feelings? yeah, maybe in real life it's like that. No, I'm but saying, but I think even even movies nowadays, like I don't I don't see too many movies where where the, the kids are like making fun of the adults and the, the adults are the bad guys. I don't know. Maybe I just don't see enough of the comedies I th- nowadays. I think that you're not seeing a lot of coming of age movies because in, in a coming of age movie, there's that's, always That's the, almost always it. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I love coming of age. The way you love action movies, I love coming of age movies. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the tropes in the coming of age movies, the good ones, there's always parents that don't understand something like, like or like are disconnected. Yeah. And that's a huge conflict. Yeah, but the, the, the parents are like really understanding and they really, I feel like in those they're, movies. They're made to be fools in this movie. I, I, I'm saying, parents. but I'm saying at the I'm end. in this movie, he, the, the principal watches this girl tongue kiss her pa- <laughs> father and just is like okay oh also, that's how they do it in that family breaks yeah. into the house yeah later he's a creep dude yeah he's, he's this, this movie is about like like ed rooney's descent into hell also. yeah ed like, rooney <laughs> really goes from being a herald to a monster by the end of this movie oh dude it's so that, fucking funny too he's so funny in this movie and his secretary edie mcclurg uh, she was like, I think she was like a, a Second City like improviser. Oh, like really? A real Chicago like comedic, I didn't know that. comedic actor. Yeah, I like when she pulls the pencil out of her hair. Oh my god, she's amazing. She's so fucking funny. When um all the all the back and forth between him and her. And well, the, there's a classic the line. Office. She says something like, "He's making an ass out of you," is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, I I don't know. I think Ferris um like I really do think the story of this movie isn't. It is getting if you if you watch it this way, Ferris is a good guy. The way I'm about to say, it. Ferris making Cam have a good time before he graduates high school because he seems to be in a pretty big rut. Um, if you watch it that way, he's also like a chaotic Joker. Like, Who, Ferris? Or? He's like he's like he's like anarchy embodied. Like, for yeah. sure, that's a classic uh, story trope. The like, well, yeah, for the, sure, the, the fool, the jester, the the agent of chaos. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, what I'm going to say is also the star of it. But yeah. if you if you watch it the other way, where you just watch it for the surface value. He's kind of an asshole to everyone in the movie, including Cameron and his girlfriend. Yeah, he'll be forcing his will on people. Yeah, he's yeah, like, I, I mean, Cameron's sick in the beginning. He is, like, but he's, I don't think he's legitimate. like hurting anybody. He's like, he's definitely trying to help everybody, except for me. No, maybe. he's just being selfish. He's trying to have a good day. Yeah, he's just trying, everybody trying to have a good day. Someone's exactly. got to stand up for the white guy in this movie. I, I'm a big <laughs> What do you mean the white guy? He's doing. He's There's doing not good. one non-white so, guy in this yeah, right, movie. Right. Yeah. The so white guy. Yeah. we should point out that we're doing two things that we, we've never done before. One, we're live streaming, so... Hey, to, all to my people watching. Yeah. Is that on Reg's Instagram? What's yeah, up, that's my Instagram. What's up? What's up? And the other thing we're doing is we actually have the movie playing in the background with the sound off uh, while we're watching. And so this movie actually um, helped change the course of my life. So I was in my early 20s. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to shoot up to school. No, 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 no. So <laughs> I was in my early 20s. I'd seen this movie you know, hundreds of times as a kid. And I drove cross country. And I went to Chicago and I met some family members. There's actually Garachis in, in Chicago that my family didn't like know. They like came to America first and lived in Chicago. And they say they call themselves Garasi, like they're like the real Americanized version of my family. And then I went out to Seattle and there's a there's a Joe Garachi, that's my dad's first cousin, who retired to Seattle from Chicago. And he said, Listen, if you ever want to live in Chicago, I have an apartment building. And he goes, to to be honest, it's more of a hassle to me than anything else. There's an empty apartment. If you want to just cut the grass 
and take out the garbage, you can live there for free. And I was like, don't say that to me if you don't mean it, because I'm the kind of person that will actually do Move this. Move to Chicago for a free apartment. <laughs> so I was like, let me think about it. <laughs> no, seriously, so I was like, let me think about it, but I'll get back to you. So I drove, I finished my trip, I got back to Jersey, and I'm, I'm like, is, am I going to do this? Is this nuts? I'm going to move to Chicago like on a whim? And I went into a pizza place by my house, and I walk into the pizza place, and I'm, I'm talking to the guy at the counter, and in the corner, they have the TV on in the background and Ferris Bueller's playing and the scene when they drive the Ferrari into downtown Chicago is on and I point to the TV and I go, I'm moving there. Like I announced it to the pizza guy and I literally, that's how I decided to move to See, Chicago. that's the problem about the universe. The universe is a jokester too and <laughs> yeah. like, we'll, yeah. se- we'll set you up to do some wild shit. I lived, I lived in Chicago for three years after that <laughs> in an true. apartment that I lived in for free. Exactly. Like six that's blocks how from much you, That's how much you didn't like you like three years and I'm out. Yeah, no, I no, I, I loved it. It just after a while, I was like, I'm, I was constantly flying from Chicago back here for what? So, just to like see my family and just to come home. So I was like, I'm not, I wasn't really doing anything that was keeping me. I in don't Chicago. know where that came into me. I like, I grew up in a very tightly knit family, but I could, I can't wait to get away from them. <laughs> but like all my Italian yeah. friends would like, I, I meet friends who are so family oriented. They'd be like, I gotta go back, and I'm like, family members hold motherfuckers back. Like, well, it's a big deal that I, I'm, I think it's I a live cultural in, thing, like Italians. And but my Jews, family's like, the same way. West Indians like. West Indian people from the Caribbean, like, your family is your world. But have you yeah. left? Okay. Have you ever lived far away from your family? <clears throat> I, uh, one, uh, when I was in Miami, I lived in Miami for two years. Okay, yeah, similar. I actually, it's funny because I, I have, I'm the oldest of four, and my youngest brother is the one that's closest to me, and right now he lives in Chicago. So I live in New York City, and he lives in Chicago. My two siblings that are, like, the middle kids that are, like, the good kids, they all live within 20 minutes of my parents. So like me and my so me even living in New York City is like me getting away from my family, even though it's only ninety minutes away. Yeah, like my family lives in Brooklyn, but like yeah, like I can't like. Yeah, I think you. Uh, that's a good point, though, uh, Reg. I'm saying I think because you're not currently away from your family whatsoever, that's why you want to get away from your family. Like you're currently very close to your family. Right. Right. It's uh, is it not it that? It would still be the same. I think. Oh, well, maybe, you think? Okay. Maybe. Maybe. maybe but I mean, like right. I go, maybe I take right. the bus, I go down the shore, I see my family, and after. 48 hours, I'm like, all right, it's time to get back on the bus and go to right. New York. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, even at a time when I would miss my family, I would still just value the work I got to do. I'd be like, I'll just... We'll Overall, you'd yeah. be happy that you were away from yeah, your I'd family. Yeah, I'd be like, we'll, we'll talk on the phone. Yeah. So let's, I mean, since we're talking I'm with, about... I'm with you. I'm since not. we're talking about family, anyway, let's talk about a little bit about yourself and where you're from and how we all know each other. We kind of met in interesting ways, I think. Yeah. In the comedy yeah. world. Shit, how do I meet Alex? I, I don't know, man, but I know Reg is one of my best friends. Uh, we we met, probably met at the stand or something. Yeah, pro- probably. Or at Fat Baby. Maybe I was, I was, Fat at, Baby I was at Josh Wesson's birthday party two years ago. Yeah. And that was where I met like everyone. And you were definitely there. I was. That was the night. That was the night Fat Baby got shut down. Oh, yeah. Were you there that night? Yes, You're in the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, There's a great photo. picture on my Facebook, actually, of, of the headline. The, the the headline photo of my Facebook has a black and white photo and like you're in it, Ricky's in it, yeah, Julia's in it, it, Ben's in it, I'm in it, yeah, everyone. There's so many people in that. That photo. was a good night. That was such a good night, and I met. So that was like January 2017, and now it's so it's like a year and a half ago. That's probably where I met you. No, you know where where I met you? Where through fucking Derek Thompson when yeah. you were doing a show with him. 
Oh, yeah. You guys came to Productively Stone when we were doing it at Karma Lounge one time. Yes, and yes. you were yes. living in the in the East Village. I was. That was in Stye Town. Yes, yeah. yeah. You live in Stye Town, and we went to your apartment, and that was the first time I did uh, dabs in New York oh, City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got we all fucked up in my together. house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the first time we hung out. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. And you were, and Derek got really high, too. That was so fun. Yeah, and that was when we were, we were doing punchlines. Yes. Yeah. And, then that, and then you had me come do punchlines a couple times, and yep. like, we just, like, yeah, started just. We, like, hit it off. Yeah, yeah, dude. We're, we're, I mean, where, we're, where in Brooklyn are you from, Rich? Uh, Kensington, South Brooklyn, like off the F train by Ocean Parkway. Got it. Got Across the like street a, from the Jews. Yeah, it's a Hasidic maybe. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that seems like a, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of Hasidics. No, but there's Brooklyn. pockets. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know New York, that's like that's a I mean, Williamsburg thing. is a Hasidic neighborhood, not, technically. Well, not anymore, though. Nah, they, they, still got, they still got pockets. For yeah, real? there's definitely, you drive oh, through wow. parts of Williamsburg. They got at least, they got at least two pockets. In, in fact, you in, go in there, wow. there's certain parts where it's like the fur hat that's like four feet high. Like, oh, yeah. like for real, yeah, for real. Yeah. I think that's a stylistic thing. I don't think that that's a community-based nah, that, nah, thing. Like, it's like a cult, those, like, that type of those type yeah. of Jews. Yeah, for sure. I'm just saying the tire hats. Like <laughs> the one, the that's what you call a sect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a sect. Yeah, that's when it gets serious when you're a sect of something. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. When you when people can tell who you are by what you're wearing every day, that like, you're definitely in it. These motherfuckers you're not three piece just... suits, wool in like ninety eight degree weather. Yep. Yep. Curled up. That's why Brooklyn's interesting though. Yeah. Love Brooklyn. Everybody finds finds their way to Brooklyn. But uh yeah, we met in an interesting way. We met at yeah, Tao, how, how right? Did you guys meet? We did meet at Tao. So I was uh, I did a show and Jordan Rock was the host of the show. Yes, and it was like four or five attractive ladies in the audience and Jordan and like every comedian is like, oh, where are you girls from? What are you doing? And they're like, oh, we all work together. And like, oh, we work at Tao. And we're you're just here seeing the show. And then I'm backstage with Jordan and he goes, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm the manager at Tao. He goes, oh, I was like, oh yeah, they're they're here with me. And so at the end of the show, how did you know the girls? They were I was the manager of Tao and yeah, they were they hostesses. Were, oh, they were hostesses. Yeah, they so came you were to, like coworkers. They came to see me do stand up. Oh, you were on the show. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, what I'm saying. Okay, like we I were talking, you. we were talking backstage, and um, I said to where George, was this at again? At a uh, comic strip. Comic strip. Okay. okay. And um, and I, I said to Jordan, I was like, yeah, if you ever want to come by to Tao, like let me know. And it's funny because at the end of the show, like all the all the all the comedians were like. Hey guys, we're going to a bar. Some of you guys want to come? And I'm like, no, nah, guys, I gotta go. And I was like, ladies, and I just like like waved them. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you fucking reveled in that. Dude. Oh, it was yeah. great. Yeah, um, he was, I was like, like, hey guys, you guys be cool. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't remember you guys. Head. He like he's pimping these bitches. <laughs> hey guys, I'm taking off. Yeah, ladies, I, go, I was literally like I waved and like the, like a single file. They just followed behind me. <laughs> like, yeah, just fucking music. I was, I was their boss, guys. I was a gentleman. <laughs> they just can can their way out. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh so then so then jordan came with like it was like seven or eight guys and then you were one of the people that and we hit it like you invited me to do i think i did kinfolk yeah you did do and, kinfolk and brooklyn and then we just would run into each other and started hanging out which is always cool yeah so you know peter before me then this sounds uh, like that this was, was probably like two years ago yeah yeah this sounds like this was earlier and at that it's funny because at that time i was like all i wanted to do was do comedy but i was working till three o'clock in the morning every night and i, I just couldn't like, come do through it. man yeah but i could only come through like once every six months you yeah. know so that was one how is really that draining um, well, I actually got very lucky. At a certain point, I was off Fridays and Saturdays, and I had Mondays, Monday night and Tuesday night off. So that's when I really started to do comedy. Yeah, but right. it's also like other nights I was there till three in the morning. I was I was shy. I just well, took a lot out that. of it. Yeah, and you got nothing to do after three. Um, but that's when I started. Okay. And it's <laughs> it's funny because uh, oh no, I mean I I don't do cocaine, but I was like oh this is why people do cocaine. Like it makes perfect sense now when you're shot and you like need to get up on stage and like have some energy. But um, 
No, I remember being like, oh, I don't want people to, in the comedy world to know that I have like a legit job, and I don't want people. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want people at work to know that I'm doing Peter comedy. Peter with his great yeah. paying job trying to impress homeless people. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you oh, mean no. comics, homeless yes. people. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> want you guys. To for I don't want audience. you guys to know that I have like responsibilities and money. I know. <laughs> Sometimes people are like, a, a guy will make a comment, like when a, a comic will make a comment on like my shoes or my shirt, and they'll be like, oh, that's really nice. I'm like. What? Yeah, I used to have money. I used to. I bought <laughs> shit when I had money, and I still hold on to yeah, that right. shit. When I was productive in society. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So that's how we and I and I think Jordan came back another time. And so other comedians, I would like take care of people when they came in. So it was kind of cool. Yeah, we came through one time. Yeah, one time we came to town. The first time we came to town, we ordered some food, and Peter just, yo, Peter sent us half the restaurant, man. Like hell he sent yeah, us some duck. Yeah. He sent us this fire-ass yeah, dessert. Thing. I said, that's. I mean, that's a good thing. And it's funny because lately I've been running into people that are connected to Tao somehow. Yeah. Like either somebody I work with or somebody, something, some kind of connection. And it's like one of those places where everybody passes through there. It's one of those. And even like I left and a month after I left, Chappelle had his birthday party there. Yeah. Right after that, they did the SNL party with, and Jay-Z was there, Ryan Gosling, Diddy. Like it's one of those places. My buddy, Bill Curlin, shout out it's to Bill nice Curlin. It's a nice place to be at. It's yeah. Like, it's designed. Like, they got a huge Buddha in that bitch. Like, yeah. Have you ever been dude, there? Dude, I have never even yeah. heard of Tao. That, that shit is nice. Pete, oh, it's like, a, it's like a New York institution now. It's like yeah, a huge now I've place. Heard of it, but... Like, Two chains goes in there, you know what I mean? Like people just like call, like I'm coming, and like you know Kevin Hart, they sneak him in the back, like. And it's funny because, this Yo, is, a, is it true that like if you're famous enough, you could just smoke in there? I, I would uh, imagine. Yeah. I heard that when it was Chappelle's birthday party, they let everybody just do whatever they wanted, but they also took everybody's phones away. And he and it was rented out. Yeah, he he rent the, yeah, the, right, the right. space for the whole thing. Dude, one time I was they had a they had a bar mitzvah. Like Wiz Khalifa could smoke in there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If it's late night and he spent like a couple thousand? They had a girls bought mitzvah there. This was like a $400,000 party Jesus for like a 13-year-old. Like they dude. rented the space, which was probably like $150,000, $200,000. But then they had dancers. They had like an ice <sighs> sculpture. An ice sculpture. They had you like it was unbelievable. Yeah. They had a like a lighting rig. They had to install a lighting rig inside the restaurant with cranes. Wow. Like it was this unbelievable. For 13-year-olds. The man. kind of money that's in New York City is like yeah. unbelievable. And then <laughs> and Did you go to this party? How was it? I had to work it. It was nice. It was annoying, but it was it was fine. It was, <laughs> I tried to pick up one of the dancers. I, I was like, oh, I was like, what do you do when you're not doing like bad misfits? Like you, <laughs> you dance anywhere else. I'd have, I'd have been in there trying to be a side dude to one of the moms. I'm like, hey man. Somebody, I think uh, Drew Barrymore yeah. might have been there. I think Drew Barrymore was married to her uncle at one point. Something like that. Jesus I might be making Christ. that up, but I feel like somebody famous was there. Yeah, we would see famous people all the time. It was cool, but I'm not like a honestly. My favorite celebrity sighting there was uh was uh, the RZA. And that was like early in my, in my time there. And my friend Bill, Bill knows everybody. Like like Jeff Hornacek, coach of the Knicks, yeah. calls Bill up and be like, "Hey man, can I get a table?" And also let me know what game you want to sit courtside for. Like that's just the kind of guy that that dude is. And he's awesome. I love that guy. But um, I'm talking to Bill, and freaking the RZA is sitting at a at a big table, and I go, "Yo, dude, the RZA's over there." And he goes, "You mean Robert?" And he goes over and he fucking Robert. Hugs, he, goes, he fucking hugs. The Rizzo gets up and fucking hugs Bill and give each other like a big bear hug. And he goes, "Yeah, that's my boy." I was like, "What the fuck?" That's the best Dude, part. Two chains called Bill directly to fucking get a table ready. Like it was unbelievable. But that it's one of those things where if I wanted to stay in that world, like I was in a good place. I was the beverage manager at Tao. Tao was blowing up. They're open in Chicago. They open in L.A. I just didn't want to be in that world. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. didn't. And it's funny. I was I was talking to somebody last night. I did a show at the Pair, and 
you know, he was like, he was seating the room and he was annoyed because people were like, oh, we don't want to sit here. We want to sit there. I was like, you know, I worked so hard to get out of the restaurant business. And now as comedians, we're back in the restaurant business. We're seating it's people. all about seating yeah. people, like people complaining about their drinks. Like they don't want to pay the, the, they don't like the check. Like it's like the same fucking bit. You're hanging out in kitchens waiting to go on stage. Right, like right, it's right, literally right. the same business entirely. And people, you know, people walk in the towel. They're like, I don't well, want to sit here. I want to sit there. Kitchens is, is Greenwich basically. No, that's not true. The kitchen green. You go, to, you go to Levity Live. I, I went up there with really? my friend and uh, no, there's a green room. But you got to walk through the kitchen to get to the oh, green room okay I well mean, yeah like you gotta walk through the well, kitchen that's backstage shit too. yeah that's yeah. backstage shit though but i'm yeah. saying it's like it's it's like you know we all want to like have this dream like oh i'm working in a restaurant in order to get into showbiz it is like sneak me through the back already yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to i don't yeah. want to be working the floor i want to be hanging out in the back so this this uh we're watching ferris bueller Speaking of restaurants. right now yeah they're in that fit that host by the way the host character or whatever yeah he he is fucking hilarious, dude. What is the? I don't know that guy's name, but no, I he like steals part of this movie. Oh yeah, he does. He, One of the, he's fucking hilarious. I feel yeah. like too, like what's great about these like eighties comedies too is whether you're talking about Ghostbusters, this movie, all the other John Hughes, they always had these actors, and a lot of times they were like Chicago, like stage actors. Yeah, and they'd come in for a scene, and they would just destroy. And it was just like so well done, and it's like a lot. Of, it's like something that could easily be like missed on a movie that's not as well made. Where you're just like, oh, what's the big deal? They're going to a restaurant, but it's like these scenes are what make the movie. Yeah, fucking Chicago. There's something about Chicago comedians who are really good. Like, oh yeah, Chicago. They're com- beasts. They, they got chops it. because they spend years. No well, one. They really study the craft. Yeah, I actually one of my regrets in life is that when I lived in Chicago, I lived like a couple bucks from Improv Olympic, and I never had the balls to like take an improv class or take a sketch class. I have anything. a guy. I have a guy in Chicago. Like once in a while, when I'm working through material, I'll send him some tapes. I'll be like, "What, what do you think?" And he'd be like, "Well, you know, maybe maybe you forgot the there's a joke here." I'll be like, "Yeah, they're right. They're all writers. They're all. I feel like Chicago's where you go, and you're like, showbiz is not here. I'm just here to get as good as I could possibly get at comedy, and then later I'll go looking for showbiz by going to, to New York or going to yeah. L.A." And so it, I feel like people come to people come to New York and they're like, well, I have a bachelor's degree and my parents are paying my rent, so I want to be a star. So just put me on a UCB team and I just want to be a star. Right. It's like it, it, people have that immediacy. Yeah, people they're not from, people from Chicago. Like I think for, first off, I think what's happening is that there are a lot of comedians and not a lot of stages. So like you really have to come up with some shit. Yes. Yeah. And There's no time to fuck around. Like in New York, you could keep getting spots on spots on spots and just doing the same shit easily. But in Chicago, I feel like you got to be really good to get the stage time. Yeah. And so you got to spend a lot of time working on that shit. It's a good recipe I, for good, for making good material. For having lived in both places, though, like Chicago is very much like community oriented. Like people have like they form theater companies and they do a lot. They like build the sets together and they do plays together. And like it's it's a sketch city. Like everybody goes to Second City and they they go on traveling sketch teams. New York City is very much like. We're all lone wolves out here. We're all on our own. Like we all get together and we talk about our shit. But at the yeah, end of the New day, York it's a City lot of people clicky. like. What's funny about New York City is that it could be clicky, but then like, uh, you could be clicky with a motherfucker and they still won't help. You. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, dude. Because at the end of the day, everyone's individual. In Chicago, you you can see that they're pulling with each other. Yeah, up. they're a team. And then and then somebody like Tina Fey, you know, becomes like creates a TV show, and then you find out some of the actors on the show are people that she did. Like sketch comedy with twenty years ago in, in Second City, like that's right. like a real that's like a real Chicago thing. Yeah, New York like New York comedians especially are kind of like, yeah, I'm not gonna tell you about this audition because if I tell you, you might you might get it and not me. It's like there's a little bit of a little bit of that. I also like I also feel like sometimes people are are like who don't know me, they're 
they're like nice to me like in a fake way and I get a feeling it's like oh this I don't know this guy might be a producer he might be an agent like just in <laughs> you case do, you do have that face just in case I'm like not gonna be a dick right. because this guy might be somebody that can help well, me later I on I ran into that I remember one time when I when I was first pursuing late night I was looking for who the bookers are right so I found out the name of one of them and I looked them up on Facebook but the thing is I had already been hitting up all my friends who had already done late night so I know that they have these contacts and know these people. So, but no one was get, giving me the contacts or anything that I was looking for. No one was giving. Me, I'm looking for an email. It's annoying I'm looking for an email. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't ask them directly, but oh, they, okay. But like the conversations we're having lets you know that I'm looking to get in contact with a certain all type right. of person. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finally find this person on Facebook and all my friends. It's like 14 of my friends. It's not you Mutual know. Friends. This is how you knew it was a thing. This is an important booker, and only 14 of my friends. That's were not friends that many. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You, every every time you meet a comedian in your four, city, you have a hundred friends in common. It was fourteen good, fucking, good comics, good too. comics. Yeah. And they, I was like, you motherfuckers. motherfuckers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I just had that happen. I I just got a friend request from someone who works in, I don't know. I think it's late night booking, but it's it, it it's a woman anyway. She um, it, she was friends with like. 30 of my friends on Facebook and they all, all like half of them have late night spots and like you're just like oh okay this so this was the person I guess right. yeah that shit happens definitely so, you mean Jessica Pilot I'm not saying names <laughs> actually no but I, I would tell you uh, well I'll tell Jessica I'll tell if you listen I have a very clean five minutes it's very <laughs> for a broad audience they're gonna love me yeah no, it's dude. We're having a blast. It's funny because we're three. Yeah, we're three guys. Like we just run into each other. Like this, I love. To me, I love the New York comedy scene for when I when I first decided I want to do comedy, and it took me a long time like to finally do this. I mean, I was in my thirties when I f- first started doing stand up, and I, I don't know what I was afraid of, but like I I did it a couple times. I was like, all right, I'm funny. Like, all right, what do I do now? Like. But what I learned is like it's not just about being funny. It's about being in the world. And part of being in the world is hanging out, getting to know people, being in, you know, have like being with your peers and like, you know, hanging out in spots and, and meeting people. And I, I I met both of you guys hanging out, you know. Like the, the reason we have this podcast is because me and Alex met outside of the stand one night when we were just hanging out and we started talking about John Wick. But I think it's and, also yeah. important to know like what your purpose is in being out there. Like what do you like you know, like you're meeting these yep. people, you're gonna be exchanging ideas and learning new things. Like sure. but what is like what is the information that you need to learn in order to move to in the direction that you want to be moving in? Because yeah. you, we all have a goal. We all have a thing that we want to be doing. So like it's always about like, you know, like am I am I positioning myself in the right place? Am I like talking to the right people? Am I having the right conversations? Am I am I like outside of hanging with people when I'm by myself? Do I do the work necessary to be moving in that direction? Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's hard to know. This is why I'm friends with Reg. We just have these talks. Yeah. And I just, like, it's hard to know sometimes he, what the right move is too, though. You know what I mean? It's like that's why you're like, oh, should I have done, should I go to Club A or should I go to Club B? Should I talk to this person? Or should I, but at the end of the day, it's like you just gotta like be yourself. I'll say this, work Mac hard. Miller, Mac Miller had a really great line that he said that I liked a lot. He said, "The more you, the more you do, the less you wait." So it's like that's that's great line. The more you do, the less you wait. Just in general, hell yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so true. And that's and we're doing stuff. It's funny. We're all like, we, I mean, we got this podcast. You got your show that you produce, productively stone. Reg is one of the hustlers in the game. Like, definitely. you definitely have a lot going. So, you want to talk a little bit about yeah, some of the stuff you're doing? Productively stone is is coming up, man. Like, we've been fucking running that shit for about five years. It, it hit me the other day, like, like so. For people who don't know, productively stone is a show where the audience gets to like where we have like a twenty minute smoke session with the audience before the show. And so, like, we get them nice and high, and then we bring them yeah. upstairs to our theater, and then we throw the show. <laughs> and so, 
And who who do you usually who's your it's usually you and Jordan. Me right? and Jordan Rock. Yeah, me yeah. and Jordan Rock. We've been producing this together for about five years now. And like the thing is like it's a really I'm, fun show. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we do it in New York, but we've done it in LA, Denver, DC, like different cities. What hit me the other day, I was like, yo, for years now, at least once a day, once a month. I put my freedom on the line. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> has it been? Have you not missed a month? Basically, uh, I think we probably missed like maybe three months. Okay, all right, but still, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, in five years, like every month, and I thought to myself, I was like, "Yo, the like I could have got locked up for this shit, and I <laughs> yeah, do not definitely. have the money to get out." <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because we like again, Reg is somebody like I would always, I just run into all the time, usually outside of Fat Black, yeah, in the village, and so. I like discovered the Huron Club, like I don't, I guess like nine months ago. Yeah, you're pretty the person new. that put that into my life. Yeah, it's and pretty I, new, right? Uh, relatively new, doing yeah. shows uh, yeah. there. It's the Soho Playhouse. It's, a, it's underneath the Soho Playhouse, and I don't, and I, I don't smoke, but I was like, hang, I was like helping them out do something, and, and they're like, you know, let us know if you ever want to do shows and stuff like that. And I'm like walking back, and I'm walking on West Third Street. And I see Reg outside. I, I think I had a slice of pizza in my hand because I always yeah, have, a slice, have a slice of pizza. <laughs> in hand, I always have a slice of pizza when I'm walking around there. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, it's funny. I just came from a new spot. And he goes, and they smoke in there. He goes, let's go there right now. I was like, well, hold on. I was like, I just met the guy. And like literally I set up a meeting and like Reg got there an hour before the meeting was supposed to be. Like I was before, really on it. Before I got there, I was like, I'm like, I'm going to make the introduction. And it's like, oh no, we're, we're friends now. We've been talking for the last hour. So I was like, all right guys, have fun with <laughs> yeah. me. Well, yeah, you, well, Reg is a businessman. Dude. Yeah. He's very, very good at what he, I, I don't know if you've always been like that, but since I've known you. Yeah. It's definitely. It, you know what it was? I realized that like I could do both. And like I'm kind of like into doing both. Like I yeah. like I love doing stand up and making people laugh. But like yeah. I've always been about equity and owning shit and like yeah, you know, absolutely how to do shit and like just approaching things smart. Yeah, in a smart way. And so yeah. like that's another reason why me and Alex always connected because like we just exchange ideas like that. Like he'll give me he'll be like that. Well, that's a good idea, but maybe you should try it this way or maybe you try that way. Mm -hmm. So like yeah, I think we're good because we're not like we we love talking about each other's stuff and then also we love like we don't mind saying no nah, that's not really like yeah i don't like that that way I'd, I'd rather you know let's switch it up because a lot of my friends that are more acquaintances or even good friends some some good friends they they just never want to disagree with you but yeah i'm really into the business side of things yeah, yeah. Me too. and that's I mean, much more than that's most why we're doing that's why we're doing this like I've, I've wanted to do a podcast for years and years but i didn't want to do another comedian interviewing comedian podcast so i was like i need to get a hook so then we did a podcast where all of our guests have been comedians no but it's but it's but, it, there's, but no the, <laughs> this is episode what but now? <laughs> movies are Nine. like movies are my passion like action movies are one of my favorite things so it's like all right i could talk for hours about right. any one of these movies i was like so that's the hook like of course it's going to end up being eventually i'm hoping to get like stuntmen and directors and cinematographers and stuff like that oh yeah no a little bit oh i was making a joke yeah, no, of course <laughs> yeah, yeah. of course it's always going to be i mean that's that's who does podcasts is comedians but like you know i started producing a show which you guys were both on the last show that we had uh in jersey city and it was, it was great so much fun man and it was fun to like just hang out and i didn't even think like i was like oh i'm gonna put those guys together on the same show like it'll be fun because all of us can can hang out and have a good time but i love yeah I, I love the business side too like i um i'm somebody like that's again like being like a manager at a restaurant it's like i had a staff like i had to like file reports and like do inventory but stuff. also like, you know what it is it's just like when you think about the big picture like sometimes like like think about everything that you hear about going on in hollywood right and it's like yo hollywood is a place full of like morally poor people yeah yeah, yeah right? to say the least for sure and we're and we're over here upset 
that these horrible ass people have don't want us in our club. Yeah, I know. That's a I know. great we're point. We're upset. We're upset that we're upset that we haven't been chosen to be disrespected, cheated out of our money, and cheated out of our work yeah, by so assholes. Yeah, like, so it's like true. it's like chosen it's by like, people yo, we why don't, don't agree you with. Just exploit yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's like hundred percent. It's like if we all feet. wanted to work like in an ice cream shop, and our yeah, and no, our no. boss of the ice cream shop is like, I'm gonna treat you me, like garbage or a piece of shit. Like, oh, can I get? Let me tell you something. No matter what check you get in this business you're always going to be like they could have gave me more yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah. now if you go get whatever the hell you can you like well shit <laughs> that's what it was that's the most it could have i saw the whole thing i saw it from i saw it yeah. all the way through no i know what you mean it's like patrice had a great quote about that he's like you know the industry is like the beast and there's there's a never-ending line of people waiting to get in to to get into the the, the industry they're in line to get eaten by the beast and they're they're what's what's even more fucked up is they get eaten they get shit out they get thrown to the back of the line and then they get back online to do the whole thing over <laughs> and it's a it, there's an animation of it on youtube and, and, and it's just him talking on radio but it's a great point because it's like he did he lived his life in a different way you could tell like he absolutely didn't care about like you know being political in the industry and stuff and i don't think you sh- I, personally i don't think you should approach it too much that way but it's also like you can't trust the people that you meet in the industry well, to, my thing to is have you, just, you first you just you just can't put any you can't put any like weight of your value on what's yes. based on the yeah. industry yeah. yes your values in the industry yeah, values like are completely too, misaligned yeah. well that's why i think it's also like so what what I'm doing right now is like sort of my day job is I'm building a house for my parents, which is nuts. Like I'm the general contractor. I have no idea how to do it and I'm learning on the fly. But it, to me, it's like a creative thing. I'm like, I'm using my brain. I'm like, I'm hustling. I'm dealing with people. I'm like trying to get people to do shit that right. I need them to do. And I, and I was thinking, I was like, if I could have a business that I work during the day and that business gives me financial security, then I could be an artist and not have to worry about some piece of shit validating my existence by saying, I pick you. And I use, when I first started out, the, one of the reasons I had a long road to, to comedy was I started out as an actor. So I trained as an actor and I was frustrated because I would, I would do a play and then nothing would happen or I would do something and nothing would happen. I'd meet a movie director and he's like, oh, I got, I got something for you. And then I would never hear from the guy. Or I'd meet a playwright and she's like, I love you. I want to put you in something. And then I found out that she's holding auditions for three plays and doesn't even call me into audition. So I was like, oh, with comedy at least, this is how naive I was. I was like, oh, I'm funny. So all you got to do is be funny. And if you're funny, you'll succeed. And so I get into the comedy world. I was like, oh, funny has nothing to do with anything. Like everybody's funny. Right. There's all this other stuff. And that's to but, an extent. But well, yeah, 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 there's, there's a lot of people that are not funny. I was funny, just about but, to say everybody and nobody's funny. Yeah. That's also and it doesn't it matter. Like, once, you re- like, once you realize that like most of it is like your ability to create an audience or at least find your audience. Yeah, absolutely. Then, like you kind of realize that, like, okay, this don't matter. There's a no. benchmark level of funny you need to be, but that's it. It's all of. Is there? They got a lot. They got a lot of horrible. They got a lot yeah. of. And, they and got if you okay. famous people though. Okay, and, and let me ask you: if, if they're famous straight off from stand-up comedy, just just that. How long do their careers last? I don't know. Like these, these motherfuckers been. Running. I was about to start. Yeah, let's go. Right. Let's nah. name names. Nah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, like, but, but some people are savvy business people. Some people yeah, then like, they go into producing. Like, they go into podcast TV. This podcast thing is a thing, man. Like they got a lot of motherfuckers who are blowing up off a of podcast. And I'm oh like, my, some motherfuckers. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is like, all right, so a stand up that blows up off a of podcast, great. And usually, uh, usually they are good stand ups. But if they're not a good stand up, I don't think that that means that they have this. They're they do have a better chance of getting booked on shows because they have audiences, so they will bring people. Yeah. 
which is good for shows, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, so what if they want to try and if they but really... But that's what I'm trying to say. Like, that's what I like about it. Because yeah, it's I, very... That's what I like about the independence of it all because it's like, first off, like, killing yourself for a club spot that's going to give you 35 maybe $100 in the night, right? Hey, well, you, yourself, if you were popping enough... You could put a weekly show where you and guarantee make yourself way more. Yes. Yeah. 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 And Easily. keep your dignity and know that you did the work properly. And own your shit. The right. only thing that you wouldn't have is is what is the chase chasing the that club spot. The validation, the validation of somebody saying and this I used to get caught up with this all the time. It's the gatekeepers. So like when you're auditioning for a casting director or a, or a manager or agent. White women. They're, they're, I'm just gonna they're, say they're, that. Com- comedy is controlled by middle aged white women. Not even middle aged, man. No, if you look at the, like Fat the people who run <laughs> you look at the people who run Comedy Central, who, who actually run the TV shows, who actually run, who are the bookers of the clubs. Like that's who it is. It, it is what it is. So it's like you have to like tailor yourself to what I. I was with another comedian and a woman who is a booker for uh, comedy. Didn't know me. I kind of stood in the background. And I listened to this. She said to this guy, she goes, "There's a lot of you right now," and she kind of just like sized him up. And she goes, it's too bad. And I wanted to be like, is, you got a lot of me? Like, how about me? Like, you don't know. What like, is, what is, wait, what did that even Just mean? by his look. What was his look? Uh, Do you remember? Like, like, kind of like nerdy black guy. Really? Yeah. Nerdy black guy, they don't, they have a lot of them? Uh, I mean, like, I guess like, there's like the Donald Glover. Yeah, like, but that's like what everyone thing. wants, I feel But he's like. like a husky guy. Like, first of all. Wait, husky? Show. Well, I'm asking. No, no, he's a skinny guy. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to say <laughs> right. it. But, but like. Uh, but I'm just the whole, wait, But she said that. But this was like for a club. She just happened to meet him on the street when I was a, a, another comedian introduced him, and he didn't know me, so I kind of stood in the background. Oh well, that's part of the weird though. I, she was probably just trying to dismiss him. She's like, like, "Oh, she, how long have you been doing comedy?" She's this is what she said. She goes, "How long have you been doing comedy?" He goes, oh, "A couple of years." She goes, he goes, "She goes, that's not a long time." She goes, "It takes a long time." She goes, "Sometimes it happens fast." You know, it happened. It happened for Michael Che fast, but the business was looking for him. She goes. There's She's a, right about that. There's a, she goes. There's a lot of you right now, and she literally like ran her hand like from his top of his head to his feet. Like there's a lot. That's of the you. other thing. Like the idea that I would even let one of these tra- <laughs> trash people go. Go ahead. Go he's, off. Uh, he's fucking horribly fucking. Who wouldn't know funny if it hit him in the fucking ass, face? Twat bitches. I wish I would let one of these fucking disgusting ass whores <laughs> talk to me like that. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Like I'm my fucking comedy's better than your fucking opinion. Yeah, and so like, yeah, like I've always just believed in creating your own opportunity. Well, what's interesting now that's, is like that's what you do, man. I I love the history of of stuff. It's like it it used to be harder, but simpler. What the path was, you know, you go to L.A., you audition for the Comedy Store, Mitzi develops you, you get the Tonight Show, and then you get a sitcom. Now, like, it's not clear what the path is, but then it's also like there's so many more avenues. And I know, like the podcasting things. People who are so so comedians, they build an audience with podcasts. The black people. We're looking at the. the, the, the I'm sorry, we have to stop the show. People. The black people have arrived in Ferris Bueller. <laughs> they are all black together. People. Oh, yeah. the guy with the shaking head. <laughs> oh man, that was a classic move. That is so funny, dude. They all show up at the same time, and it's the only black people in the movie. Just for dancing, oh, no dialogue. God. They don't think this is. They got eight Jews in a row. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Lay there. Wait, why? <laughs> Who are they? Why are they? Play all the music. Can we play the music? Yeah, sure. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me get the volume up. Uh. Yeah, the Beatles. You didn't see too many uh, Beatles songs. Jerry and, uh, Curl and movies. Uh. Shaking a baby now. Shaking a baby. 
we have to do it this way. This is great. Like, and, and this is one of the... This movie is a lot of anarchy, and that's another thing that I love. It's like you take the, like... Again, I, I mentioned uh, Ghostbusters. You take, like, a very square thing. Like, they're college professors. They're, like, starting a business. They're dealing with, like, bureaucracy. But then you just invite chaos into that scenario. Like, that's that's what I love when comedies do that. Like, he's, you know, his... He lives in a big house in a rich suburb. It's like the institution of school. His parents are very, very square, and he just like brings chaos into that world. And like, that's like comedy gold to me. Like it's genius. I mean, Eddie Murphy did the same thing. Like that's what Trading Places is basically. You know, I, w- I would say like I I went back. I haven't been able to watch this movie for a long time. It's one of those where it meant so much to me in my like teenage years that it was hard to like go back in my thirties and watch it again. But it, I was, it stands the test of time. Oh, I think it's it, yeah. I think it's great. It's just like, emotional for me. It's like it's like it's like a flood of memories. And oh, stuff. dude, it's nostalgia, right? Like but for you, yeah, it must oh, be. Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, like I, told, I told you, it literally changed the course of my. I'm not joking. Like I really like decided to, in that moment that He's that like, was, I was a sign. Crack if I didn't. See <laughs> no, no, I, that, that was a sign to me that I, I should move to Chicago, and I don't regret it. it. Was a great thing that I I did, but um, I noticed like this movie is like very well done too oh, like it's very well straight. directed the yeah. editing is great it was uh the cinematography every mark is like it's like you can see the steps it's like one two three four five the mm-hmm. cinematography is by uh i think i'm saying it right tak fujimoto who then went on to direct like uh, to shoot silence of the lambs like he directed. oh wow and, and it's funny because paul thomas anderson says that jonathan demi who directed silence of the lambs is his favorite director and if you well, you see like a lot of these a lot of these shots are like just close ups of faces. So a lot of the story go, right is there. told with great <laughs> shots of just singles on a person's face. And even I was rewatching the scene where he he fakes out his parents in the beginning of the movie. And that that scene is shot really cool. Like the parents like you're looking up at them like yeah. really tight on their faces. Yeah. And then it cuts to Ferris's face. That's the kind of thing. Like sometimes in comedy, like you you don't notice the like the craft of movie making in comedies in a way that you do in a dra- drama film but this movie is like really well made it looks look at that it shot. looks cool like yeah. there's a lot of on this oh, dude, there's like, so that many, was a like, great shot that lot, does look like a scary shot yeah, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of great like cuts that are if if they're played for laughs yeah but like the scene where where Ed Rooney uh, gets faked out about like, and he curses out Sloane's dad the way that scene is shot like that could have been like a horror or like a thriller scene yeah it's yeah. cut that way and it's just because of the music and because of the, the actor is so funny that it, it's played for laughs but it's like that's really to me that's really brilliant filmmaking that's one of the things I love about this yeah movie. I think that that's one of the reasons this why is when Ed Rooney goes full pedophile mode and yeah he's yeah, just like showing yeah. up could you imagine if your principal showed up at your house to try with to like bust a you? fucking cut on his head and you gotta, shit? You gotta mm-hmm. shoot them off. Yeah. So I was I was not fair. What I, I learned something from Ferris too. Like my problem as a teenager is I should have, I should have been. Uh, I was more like defiant. Like I was like was always like fighting with my parents and like trying to stand up for them and like be, I should have been manipulative like Ferris. That's how I was. And like rope and like rope them in and like trick them more. I feel yeah. like I feel like I Hell was. Yeah, you gotta be a good liar. Yeah, yeah. You were like my my older brother was like you. Yeah, I was, he always, was like, like always standing up. This for them is and it's bullshit. Like, I don't want to do this. And then I just got punished for being yeah. defiant. He would get caught smoking weed, whereas I would just smoke weed all the time, and they never knew. And I would just be good at like manipulating. To me, it was like the principle. Yeah. Like I wanted to like no. I was like, no. This is what's right, and this is what I want. Oh no, fuck that shit no values but the, the um, <laughs> but the thing that i took from from ferris is just like all right i'm just gonna try to get away with whatever i can get away with and i i didn't i wasn't this character but i, I remember uh i'm such an asshole i uh, uh for some reason i decided to like be a really dick to the bus driver one year so on the, the whole year the whole year and i was a i was a skater and i got in trouble for wearing 
my pants were too baggy. Right. And Mr. Roof was the vice principal, and he was like, he was like after me at a point. He made my mom bring me a change of pants one time because he said my pants were a hazard because a kid might trip on my pants in the hallway. Like it was like, being just a, being a dick. So my mom, of course, was pissed. She brought me the tightest pair of jeans she found in the house. Like I was in physical pain the rest of the day wearing these fucking jeans. That's hilarious. So I I, I started leading chants on the bus, and I was like, all right, guys. And I, again, I was like, in, this was eighth grade, so there was older kids than me on the bus and I was like guys whatever I say you guys all yell out donkey dick so little like 13 year old me goes the bus driver sucks and the whole bus went donkey dick it was so I'm such an asshole I don't know why I did that but she turned the bus around and like brought us back to the school and got the vice principal on the bus and he yelled at us and and he's like I hear you guys are being rowdy and being disrespectful blah 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 and um and he goes, is, is there anybody in particular that's a problem? She goes, I can't take Peter Garacci anymore. And he goes, where is Peter Garacci? And he looks at me, he goes, he goes, your pants are low, but your attitude is lower. And you're about to lose both of them. That's what the vice principal said to me on the bus in front of me. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, what does that mean, lose your pants? He's he trying to fuck? No, he's saying that. <laughs> that was a threat. He's saying yeah. that he had to, he forced me to change my pants in school because my pants were too baggy. Like that's he was alluding Since you're going to lose both. You're yeah, gonna I was, was going to lose my baggy pants and my attitude. And your attitude. Yeah. But, and your virginity. So I should... <laughs> But I should have just been smarter and should have just been more manipulative instead of being defiant and be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand out. If a guy gets raped, like, if a, like oh. if a, <laughs> yeah, yes, Reg, yes. If a, if a kid gets molested, is that him losing his virginity compared to like not fucking some pussy? I do not. You mean a boy gets raped? Yeah, he gets I don't know. I say no, that's not losing your virginity. I guess it, it, for a guy, it's like the whole thing is getting it in, right? And I guess it ends up, it's how, how he gets, gets in, how he ends up. It's what it's how he ends up deciding oh, to, to live the rest of his life. Oh, okay. That's right. that's a personal journey, a personal decision. Yeah, uh, but what were you saying? Um, uh, crap. Oh yeah, about Ferris is he's charming. Everyone loves him, even though they shouldn't. I'm he definitely happy everyone. we stopped talking about the white women who run comedy because I was about to, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I got you upset. I, was, I felt like I felt my career like hey, we might stop talking that, a lot. We could edit, edit that out if you want to. Well, yeah, but not out of the live stream. We always so we always say it, but we never edit anything out. I edit things out. I edited the uh, a few episodes. We, I mean, we edit the episodes, but we don't edit like, oh, please don't uh, let anybody hear what I said. You know, oh, yeah. No one has said anything. That's true. Like that. No one's really said anything that's been warranted. I said something about cavernous vaginas. And I'm like, cavernous. Yeah, that's too, too much. I was like, you know, maybe that wasn't my place. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that, Yeah, that's not nice, Reg. Book us. Um, <laughs> so what do you got? What do you got coming up, Reg? Like, I know you have Productively Stoned always. Productively but... Stoned November 16th. Okay. Uh, at the Soho Playhouse. And this is coming out next Tuesday. Yeah. So next month. Next month. Next uh not next month. Yeah, yeah it's November sixteenth. It's like in a month. No, oh no, that, yeah, November sixteenth is Soho is Playhouse, shows. right? Yeah. I'm talking, um, do you have anything in between? I'm I'm opening up the calendar. Oh, yeah, uh, this I'm, is coming out on uh Tuesday, October thirtieth, the day before Halloween. Yeah, uh I have I'm on the road next week, um Thursday through Sunday with Jordan Rocket Levity Live. Uh, this Saturday, today actually, I'm at Old Man Hustle at eight o'clock and um, um, Gotham Comedy Club. When at is Gotham? Ten thirty tonight. Okay, tonight. Oh, yeah, all right. This, this is gonna come out after that. Though. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. On to, Do you have anything in, no, in November or Halloween? Oh yeah, November second. I'm doing a birthday party uh, in Long Island City. In oh, Long awesome. Island. Everybody's more than welcome to come through. Oh, all right. Cool. Where's um, that at? In some part of Long Island. Where the hell? Like some deep part of Long Island. All right. 
It will be on your Instagram? Yes. Right. Reg, Reg Thomas. At Reg Show Thomas. Thank you doing for Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for watching my favorite movie with me, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got through the whole thing, pretty much. He's a... Uh, He's coming back to his house right now, Cameron. Right? Yeah, no, he yeah. hasn't fallen in the pool yet. He hasn't no. his suicide agenda. Oh, actually, no. We got forty three minutes left. We yeah. should like quickly. We should talk about the technology in this movie because at, oh, at the time yeah. it was like amazing and. Ferris's room was like a dream world. Yeah, like, yeah that's a, like a thirty thousand yeah, dollars. That's like a, what? That's another thing I want. Like I never had like. I was like the last kid to get Nintendo. I like it was the last kid to get an iPod. This like he was another fantasy where it's like, oh yeah, would, oh is that Louis Anderson? No, I, it, it kind of looks like him. I don't think it's. I it's think it might be him. I know. I mean, in like '86, he wouldn't have been. He didn't have the gap. He would have been teeth. an early, uh, early in his career, so it could have been him. Um, yeah, Ferris just has all the cool shit: the Ferrari, the hot girlfriend. He doesn't have the Ferrari. He's access to the. I do. I think access to a Ferrari is better than having your own Ferrari. Well, they, it's none of the they stress. stole a Ferrari. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It wasn't his car. He's about in my rear back. Oh, all right. Yeah, sure. Um, we're probably about to wrap up anyway. Peter, you got when's your next show? Uh, next show at FM Bar in Jersey City is November seventh. It's oh. a Wednesday. Uh, before that, I'll what be. What time? 8:30? Eight thirty. Uh, eight o'clock. Uh, before that, I will be on uh, the Sunday show at Gotham Comedy Club on November fourth. Uh, I'll also be at Gotham at November twenty. Uh, not not Gotham. What, did I say Gotham? You did. Go- say Gotham. Governor's Comic Club. Governor's in Long Island. Uh, yeah, I'm doing that November fourth and November 29th. Excited about that. Um, and then I'll be at uh, Wisecrackers in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, for the weekend after Thanksgiving. So I believe that's the twenty third and the twenty fourth. And Wilkesbury is, is spelled Wilkes Bar. I, I think uh, for, no, just for the people. It out said there. it is. I don't know it's like how the, to say it. It's Wilkes dash B A R E. Yeah, everybody has a. I feel like I, I used to say Wilkes Bar, and people are like, "No, it's Wilkes Berry." Yeah, like, just so if you want to search that. And um, shit, I'm gonna be at QED next Sunday. No, this Sunday. Shit, that's gonna be after this. Um, are we doing this episode before Point Break? Or yeah, I think so. Unless you, no, I was thinking Point Break was gonna come this before this. Gonna come out in two weeks. We should probably edit this part out. Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, two weeks. That's why. Yeah. Um, November. What do we got? What do I have in November? We should do a show. Let's produce a show. Where though? I don't know. Live podcast? Uh, well, not yet. I think we need like let's more than a, more than need 50, a, I think more we than need more downloads. Than, I was gonna say <laughs> we have more than fifty downloads. Well, I mean per episode. Yeah, we do. We have more. Than oh that. yeah, yeah, that's right. Guys, All right, we're definitely heading in this. Part we, I'll tell you what, though, we Christ, have enthusiastic man. fans. Everybody who comes up to me who listens to the podcast, they're, they want to talk. It's growing, man. They want to talk well. about like particular things in the podcast, sure, which you dude. know is a good sign. Like they're involved, they're engaged. Better. To, that's another thing that uh, with the business now, it's better to have a small engaged audience than a huge passive audience. Like people who are fans, and I've, I've seen it when I've been to Productively Stoned. Like you have like those people like come out. Yeah. Like that's a, that's like an event for them, and they're like there and they're there to we see connect. the show. Yeah. yeah, you hang out before and after. I do, yeah. It allows me to do a, a good solid twenty. I always feel like my sets are productively stoned or a different vibe than I than usual. Yeah, because it's your thing. It's your baby. Yeah. No, I've had, I I did it. Uh, I think the second one at Soho House and fucking had a great time. All right. Well, yeah. Oh man, Sloan's in a bathing suit or whatever. Oh, this is what, where yeah. uh, Cameron decides to oh, kill himself, so hot, dude. Uh. Dude, it's. True. I mean, I really think Cameron. This is wanted- also more white guy shit to sneak a tongue kiss off your homeboy's girlfriend. He did that at CPR. Yeah, but which- he does he do it at the end? Yeah, I don't remember that part. Wait, did she not like fake kiss him? No, that did, he, you're he, thinking he, the Sandlot, I think. No, no, he yeah, did, no, yeah, he give her mouth to mouth. Oh no, no, it might be that. Yeah, yeah. Because he's he just needs, faking. Yeah, he's that. What would happen in uh, 
in Brooklyn if uh, two black guys, one guy pretends to be dying so that the girlfriend <laughs> gives CPR mouth to mouth? That would be a fight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That would definitely be a fight. They're like, oh, you guys used to be friends. What happened? Uh, C- CPR. This, my, this, <laughs> this nigga fake dying to kiss my bitch. Yeah, that's fucking, that's worse than like anything, really. That's creepy as shit, dude. All right, well. I don't think I've ever done all that. All right, guys, thank y'all. Yeah, right. yeah, thanks, thanks, Roger, for coming on. And uh, yeah. We're getting lunch after this? Sure, why not? All right, guys, have a great day. It's bye. been Kill You Last. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.